Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that's hoping to find a few more people so they could call this episode Eight is Knuff. It's Sif Pop. Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live most Fridays are available to download later in your podcast feed, unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Sifties. I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and he's a Ken. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. I am Kenneth Ahoy. Each week we'll chat about movies, TV, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And please welcome our guests this week. He is also a Ken. It's Aaron Schweitzer, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just Ken. Yes. (laughs) And finally, uh, please welcome our other guest this week. Uh, He... Yeah, he's a kid as well. It's Robert. Hello. <laughs> I was wondering if I was going to be an Alan. <laughs> I couldn't do that to anybody. Oh, okay. I just couldn't do that to anybody. That was the original idea. And I was like, nah, no, nah, everybody's kid. We're just kidding. Michael Sarah is a compliment to me, though, I will say. You know, I was just watching last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pause of Fury, The Legend of Hank. Mm-hmm. And just thinking, Michael Sarah, what a guy. What a guy. Uh, he's he's uh, he's certainly Knuff as well. Uh, by the way, one of the big surprises at the CCAs, which I'm fresh back from, uh, I'm Just Ken won Best Song at the mm-hmm. CCAs. Yeah, I was so happy. I was like, that's the right call, right? Like, that's, that's, a, that's a good song. Um, I know it's not like quite as like tear jerking as what I was made for. And I love that song. But I think like when you're looking at like amazing songs, I just I was I was really thankful that uh, that the critics decided that that was the one from Barbie uh, that was going to go to the top. Do you think it has a chance at the Oscar? Yeah, <sighs> probably the what was I made for song? Yeah, like, feels more like prestige or mm-hmm. or something but yeah sure why not why not i, I don't think ryan gosling even expected the cca award <laughs> no based on, <laughs> based on that reaction i think he was a little bit shocked to be sitting at a table with billy eilish and be the winner and just be like <laughs> oh hey billy uh, I guess I beat you. <laughs> He's like, guys, this is La La Land for Best Picture again. Right? Like, I'm not going up there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yes, yeah, somebody's pulling my leg. Uh, did didn't you? Did any of you guys check out the CCAs? Any of you guys uh, watch along yeah. with the awards or kind of see what happened? What were your highlights? Because I was at work. What were your surprises? Uh, those of you that watched. Oh, I'd have to remember. Uh, <laughs> or or anything that stood out. Then. Anything uh, that stood out. I'm, oh, I'm Chelsea always Handler's just... great. What's that? Chelsea Handler was super good isn't she great i just think she's such a great host and uh and just kind of understands her role and does it so well um i was looking at the teleprompter for a lot of the evening because i had a straight shot at it i was kind of sitting sideways because i was like at the back of the table and so i turned my chair and so i could see the teleprompter and and the people speaking and the moment where she got a laugh and then said thank you for laughing at that my writers wrote it like to diss uh the comedian from the host of the golden globes or whatever who i guess she's dated before like he's a like a, a friend of hers or whatever so uh and that got a huge reaction in the room. I don't know what it, uh, you know, how it felt uh, on TV, but um, that was all impromptu. None of that was on the pro- uh, the the prompter. So uh, I was I was really impressed with with her ability uh, that day. So yeah, I, I think didn't she did good. Uh, watch the Golden Globes because um, 
reasons. And <laughs> <laughs> well, at least they're supposedly so, not a shifty cabal yeah. of unknown people anymore. At least they're, you know, trying to figure out what it means to be legitimate. But so I didn't know that that was necessarily a dig, but I, I just thought it was the like, hey, like our writers did this. This is why we should pay them. Like, so yeah, if, it could have been twofold. If you didn't see it, the guy was basically throw through his writers under the bus during the opening monologue. Like there would be dead silence and he'd be like, sure. you know, look, I didn't like it either. My writers wrote that one or something like that. Like it was, it was yeah, pretty I saw bad. It afterwards and it was not. Yeah. 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 Ricky Gervais, he was not. <laughs> but it kind of felt like he thought he was right like that that was kind of the idea uh yeah i thought chelsea did a great job from inside the room that's why i'm always uh interested in the perspective outside the room because it's a totally different experience from inside the room it felt like it went really well it felt like it was a great celebration of the the movies that came out that year um you know uh it, it was produced well. It hit its mark on time. Like it's just, you know, I just think it's a really great show. Uh, I wish, I wish, I wish the main thing I wish is that it could get on like a, a main network and not be stuck on the CW where nobody knows how to find CW it. CW is a main network. It is not. <laughs> it is not. Um, and it doesn't stream anywhere. So it could. Oh. I mean, I streamed it on Hulu, but I think it just picked up like a local antenna somehow. I don't know. Um, yeah. But I like, I wish, um, the CW used to be when people still put a cable in the back of their TV, you know, right? Antenna. But now that people don't do that anymore, it's kind of fell off, right? Like, yeah. Well, like even like in this area, even if you do like Hulu Live TV or YouTube TV or one of those things that's supposed to be like cable, CW is just a conglomeration of VOD. It's not an actual streaming channel. Oh. Like you can't even go to the CW channel. So it's just it's one of those weird things. Um, and I don't think that's true everywhere, but it might just be because there's not a CW here locally. I don't know what it is, but it's weird. Um, so anyhow, I wish more people would see it because I really do think it's a good show and a good celebration. So I had a good time. Mm -hmm. um, but that's not what we're here for. We're not here for the CCAs. We're here for the Sifties. The real awards. The real awards of the year. That's right. We are going to do the Sifties in two parts, as we have done the last few years. I was actually uh, doing a little bit of research on the Sifties, which officially started, I think, in 2017. So before that, there were like end of the year awards that we did uh, 2013 when it was the critic, the geek and the girl when I was on with uh, uh, Danae and Captain Logan. Uh, we did an end of year in 2014. We did an end of year. Uh, and then 2015 was the first like sift pop kind of end of the year, but there were no official categories. Uh, and then uh, from 2016 on, it looks like we have all the official categories, most of them, uh, although TV, we only started doing like three years ago in conjunction with this. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's kind of been an interesting look through the different years and what the official SIF pop movie of the year was. Um, and so as we go through each category, since I've done this research, I may give you a couple of the highlights from the past six years, you know, of like some of the other winners mm -hmm. of these categories, just kind of. Uh, walked down memory lane since I, I kind of went through the the library and did that. So we're going to go through uh, this first episode. We're going to do the what are called superlatives. So these are the awards that are around the big performances, around the big movies. Uh, and then we're also going to do television, um, which for a couple of uh, our guests, and I won't I won't mention who. Uh, is going to be difficult because they don't watch TV. I've just found out. I just found out 
just today they've decided that television is not for them uh so they they they're they're gonna try to come up with their top five tv shows uh so those superlatives are movies that let you down movies that surprised you in a good way movies that just weren't for you slash overrated movies that just weren't for them uh slash underrated uh those are the superlative categories and then of course we will do the top tv shows uh, and then we'll do next week, just so you know what's coming next week, uh, we'll do the top 10 performances of the year. We'll do best movie moments, uh, and then we will do uh, top 10 movies uh, of the year as well. The one thing I really like about this first episode, and we like to kick it off with this, uh, is a different category called best non-movie pop culture moment of the year. This can be anything in pop culture outside of movies. Um, that you had a, a good time with uh, this year. So let's kick it off with that. And Aaron, why don't you kick us off? What is your best non-movie pop culture moment of the year? Um, sports count, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure. But uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure Robert did a Celtic something last year because... Mm-hmm. Probably got one this year. Uh-huh, so a lot of uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, but uh, I'm a Chicago boy, which means uh, I'm a Chicago sports fan. And uh, there's no highlights to the White Sox season this year. But the Blackhawks winning the draft lottery for Connor Bedard, which is a generational talent, maybe the best player in the last 20 years, best prospect in the last 20 years, is kind of incredible to me. So, yeah. Um, and just yeah. one tendon tear away from never playing again. I mean, you know, he, this kid, I, this kid two weeks ago uh, got hit and fractured his jaw, which is a six to eight week injury. Mm-hmm. And he was on the ice seven days late after surgery. That's <laughs> like, a hockey player. That's a hockey player yeah. right there. Uh, that'll count. Andrew, what's yours? What's your favorite non-movie pop culture moment of the year? I'm going to go with episode three of The Last of Us. Mm. Long, long okay. time. I like it. I like it. It emotionally wrecked me. Uh, as somebody who played the video game, uh, the story of Bill and Frank was always one of uh, like talking. like They talked about the history of Bill and Frank. You never actually saw it. So actually seeing this episode and just how beautiful the relationship was between mm-hmm. these two people who found each other and it's it I found it incredibly beautiful because if it hadn't been for the apocalypse this beautiful love story would never have started or have come to fruition you know it's yeah it's just utterly beautiful and uh I wish I would be so lucky to find somebody like a Frank or a Bill yeah that's a great choice that is uh if if we were doing best episodes uh, which some of mm-hmm. us would have a hard time doing. If we were doing best episodes, uh, <laughs> that would, I I think, be a pretty easy front runner. There's not one I'm thinking of that would even compete with it. That's just an incredible uh, el- episode of television. I can so. think of two episodes from The Bear, but yes. Yeah, but I, I'm telling you, as good as those episodes from The Bear are, I still think that episode of Last of Us, I didn't even like Last of Us as much as most people did. Like, I, I like it. It's it's fine. I, I enjoyed it for what it was. Um but it, it, I don't vibe with it, if that makes sense. The Last of Us is mm-hmm. not my vibe. Yeah. Um, not like The Bear is much my vibe either. Although those episodes of The Bear do have a lot of my vibe. Like there is a, a really interesting thing that's happening, especially with 
is it Forks where he uh, where uh, Eben goes? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, Forks was such a good episode. Yeah, Forks mm-hmm. is so good. Um, but the I, I think Christmas that Christmas episode, that episode of uh, Last of Us is is probably would probably be the one. It, it's uh, sure. The, the, I would say the, those would be the three of the year. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I didn't see Secession. Yeah, there's also a couple from Succession. Nah. <laughs> nah. Uh, all right, uh, I'll go next. Um, I think for my uh, movie mo- or for my non-movie pop culture moment, uh, I'm actually going sports as well. Um, but I, I I have a clarification to make. See, here's mm. here's the thing. I was thinking anything from sifties to sifties, but we don't usually do that. We do calendar year, don't we? We it's like calendar year. Mm. So Michigan winning the national championship is not that was the right calendar year. That's twenty twenty four. So now I kind of have to rethink oh. this. And I then I see. just came. I just came from uh, L.A. where I saw an incredible uh, performance of uh, MJ, the musical, the Michael Jackson musical Mm -hmm. that's been on Broadway and it just uh, came to L.A. for a little bit. That was phenomenal. Also saw that technically in 2024. So like I've got I'm trying to remember like what shows I saw in 2024. Um, I can't remember. I can't remember when I saw uh, Jeff Daniels in uh, in. the, oh, to kill, kill a mockingbird. to kill a mockingbird was that in 2023 is it, it did was. I, go see, I think i went and saw that in 2023 so that would probably be it uh seeing that i was in like the third row so basically jeff daniels was sweating on me uh when he was uh, coming <laughs> forward uh not only jeff daniels but written by aaron sorkin that was the other thing too it's like yeah. a sorkin written you know kind of thing of um to to kill a mockingbird and live theater has like i've fallen in love with it uh, all over again the past couple of years, uh, having been to a few shows in New York, my wife and I are planning a, a Europe trip or a London trip technically. Uh, and we're going to go see Steve Coogan do uh, Armando Anucci's version of uh, Dr. Strangelove, uh, which opens, uh, which opens there this fall. Uh, so that's going to be a blast. Like that kind of stuff. Like, I'm just like, Oh, to be in the room where it happened, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun and I, uh, really enjoyed Jeff Daniels. So, I see what you yes. did there. Room Thank where you. it happened. Yeah. Nice. I only saw what I did there as I was doing it there. <laughs> uh, Robert, your best non-movie pop culture moment this year. Mine is movie adjacent. So tell me if it doesn't count. Uh, but it's also, uh, you, like a being in the room while it happens type of thing. Uh, I got to see a IMAX screening in New York of uh, Bo is Afraid, but that's not the moment that I'm talking about because afterwards, Martin Scorsese did a Q&A with Ari Aster at the theater. Oh, nice. Um, so just Whoa. being in person and seeing that Q&A with the two of them up there was just awesome. Like I, I don't get starstruck very often. Well, I don't see stars very often, but I can't think of many people who I would like be starstruck of. But uh, Martin Scorsese is definitely one of them. Um, and there was a clip that was going around online from that Q&A where Scorsese compared Bo is Afraid, like, uh, you know, an, an initial mixed reaction to a you know big epic like this to Barry Lyndon. And it was just cool being in the room, hearing him say that to Ari mm-hmm. Aster's face and just yeah. feeling the energy of that room. So, yeah, that was an awesome moment. That's really cool. That absolutely counts. Definitely counts. Oh, yeah. That's a fun one. 
Uh, all right. Well, there you go. Our best non-movie pop culture moments of 2023. Let's move on to the next category. Your biggest letdown. The movie that lets you down the most. Now, here's how the superlatives work on the Sifties. We do nominations. Uh, so we will go around and each of us will nominate. Um, th- uh, so the uh, let's see. So we will each pick. Uh, between three nominees and then vote on a winner, there will be three rounds of nomination um, that we will do. So each of us will nominate three things, and then we will pick a winner. Uh, these are not necessarily in order. Your nominations are not necessarily in order. They are just the three things you want thrown in the nomination pool. So we should have 12 to choose from by the time we're done. Uh, biggest letdown. We're going to start with you, Robert. Uh, what is the biggest letdown of 2023? Uh, I have to start with leave the world behind. I, uh, you know, who doesn't like Ethan Hawke, Julia Roberts and Mahershala Ali and that sort of premise. Um, but I actually kind of hated the movie. <laughs> I went into it on Sif pop writers room. There were a lot of things I really didn't like about it. I thought it was too in your face. Um, holier than thou, the worst tendencies of, uh, Shyamalan and Adam McKay, uh, mushed into one movie. And I just <laughs> had a bad, had a bad time the entire time. <laughs> Uh, what you meant to say was the best qualities of Shyamalan and McKay, uh, but we just see the world differently uh, in the that. The best tendencies uh, of Shyamalan were actually in his own movie this year. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I I understand that pick. You are not alone with that pick. I actually really like that movie. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, leave the world behind is the first nominee. Uh, I'll go next and nominate next goal wins. Uh, this is a uh, Taika Waititi movie, and I love sports movies. I like I was so ready. And again, the biggest letdown category is sometimes about expectations. These first two mm-hmm. categories are yeah. about expectations, right? My expectations for this movie were super high, and this movie is okay maybe low you know slow side of okay so uh uh in my opinion so next goal wins is my first nomination so there you go uh andrew you're next how can you mess up a movie about a bear doing cocaine (laughs) that's what i I want to know how do you mess up a movie about a bear doing cocaine no, yeah, Cocaine Bear, that's my that's my first uh, nomination. I mean, the movie had everything going for it. It really did. And the fact that you can't pull it off is kind of impressive, but also incredibly disappointing. All right, so Andrew nominates Cocaine Bear for Biggest Letdown. Good choice, good choice. Aaron, what is your first nomination for Biggest Letdown? I'll say The Flash, and here's the reason why. Um, After being completely out of the MCU, the initial reactions and first trailer for The Flash, sorry, not MCU, DCU. I was going to say DCU. Kind of got me excited for the movie. I was like, oh, that looks like a good bit of fun, and Michael Keaton returning as Batman and the potential for other things, and, you know, two flashes. This looks like a fun movie, and instead it's disappointing on every level <laughs> including michael keaton <laughs> it's instead it's terrible uh all right flash good domination robert what's your second nomination in this category uh this is a movie that just 
didn't end up being very well seen because, you know, I think it was terrible and the studios realized it. Uh, and that's Foe starring Saoirse Ronan, Paul Meskel, and directed by Garth Davis, I think his name is, the director of Lion. Um, I love Lion. I love both of those performers. Um, the movie isn't even two hours, but it feels to be about two hours and 45 minutes. And it just has a bunch <laughs> of endings. It, it just doesn't work on about any level. Um, kind of like leave the world behind. It had me wondering if some performers that I love are actually bad performers. So. Right. I hate it when that happens. You start to realize how much is in the director's hands, yeah. you know, like how much like choosing takes and that kind of stuff is in going for the tone you're going for. Um, Robert, that's a great pick. I had it in my list of possible nominations. Mm-hmm. Uh, Foe is a terrible film. Like, how do you mess this up? How do you have Sir Sharon and, and, and Paul Mescal and, and a sci-fi concept that should be right up my alley and just completely punt it. Like it's Dead. just it's yeah. it's wild how bad uh how how much that movie missed. So um yeah, Foe is a great choice for sure. Uh let's see. My next nomination, I think we're to me, is going to be Wish. Disney's Wish. Um, mm. I, th- I was, I had, uh, decent expectations for this. It sounded really interesting, really fun. Uh, Disney animation has been on quite a roll in my opinion for quite a while now, uh, providing, if not excellent movies, uh, great movies. Um, so wish is not though wish is muddled. It's messy. It, the music doesn't work for me, which is strange. Like you basically just have to write a song that has notes in it to work for me. Like I love <laughs> music in movies. Uh, and I just didn't like the, mu- the, the music in wish, um, it does this weird world building thing with the Disney universe that should be an interesting idea, but completely makes no sense and kind of almost destroys the foundation of the entire library of their classics. Uh, it's it's a really weird choice the way they went about it and uh, Wish was a huge letdown for me. So that's my second nomination. Uh, Andrew, what is your second nomination? A movie starring Adam Driver that I <sighs> I didn't really have high, high expectations for. But man, this movie is so bad <laughs> that it was just that it just ruined everything. And that movie is 65. Mm, mm-hmm. I mean, in contention for worst movie of the year. This is just a garbage fire of pointless uh comp uh I don't even know what kind of commentary the movie's trying to make uh, like what it's trying to say about maybe uh a father figure trying to uh connect with a young girl but there's a language barrier there that doesn't add anything to the movie it's just a really weird, uh, and it's Scott Beck, the guy who gave us a quiet place. So, I I kind of did have a little bit of expectations for this movie, and I was let down tremendously. All right, sixty five, another good choice in this very depressing category. Uh, Aaron, what is your second nomination for biggest letdown? Um, I'll mention. Luther the Fallen Son, because I'm a huge fan of the TV show, and I really wanted this movie to be great so that people that haven't seen the show 
would be like, oh, cool, I'll check this out, and then just, you know, experience mm. some of the best TV that BBC has to offer. Um, and instead, the movie's fine. And that's a big letdown. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen this movie, uh, but I also didn't watch the TV show. So that makes, that makes <laughs> You don't sense. need to watch the show to watch the movie. In fact, it may even be a worse experience because <laughs> it's, it's such a dip in quality. Like first three excellent. seasons are excellent. Four is a little, four is fine. Five is fine. Movies, fine. All right. Uh, final nominations for this category. Robert, kick us off. I'm pulling an audible here. I didn't write this down, but I'm going to go with Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I uh, almost didn't like it at all, except for the very end. And I guess I'll keep it unspoiled. But, you know, the last big set piece and place that they go, I, I did find entertaining and engaging and interesting. Um, but everything up before that, uh, I thought the direction was kind of bad. I didn't think any of the characters were very interesting besides Indiana Jones himself. Um, and even that, it's it's just another grumpy old Harrison Ford performance. Um, I re- I'm like everyone else. I really like the first three. The fourth one is fine. The fifth one I just thought was kind of terrible and easily the worst out of all the Indiana Jones movies. Mm. Mm. Ooh, easily mm. the worst. Mm. Wow, that's that's mm. that's, a, mm. that's a bar. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Fighting the urge to argue. Fighting the urge to argue. I actually, I actually enjoyed Dial of Destiny. All right. Um, I don't. You know, it's it's not going to be in my, you know, top ten movies that I will yeah. mention. But yeah. uh, but I had a good time with it. Definitely um, a letdown, though. I agree with I, that. I, I I agree that it can be. A yeah, I mean, especially with James sure. Mangold. You know, like that. Yeah, no Spielberg. made me super excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the mangled thing is is uh, a part that can yeah really uh, really um, turn things into a letdown because he does such good stuff. Um, let's see. I'm having to pull an audible as well because Foe was going to be uh, mm-hmm. one of my nominees. Uh, Foe show. Uh, so I'm instead going to go with, what was the movie? Let me see if I can, I'm trying to remember the name of this movie. Pain Hustlers. Pain Hustlers was a huge letdown. And I think for some people, they maybe weren't expecting a lot out of this movie, but, um, but for me, I liked the, uh, what it was exploring and the, the fact that it has Emily Blunt, Chris Evans, and Catherine O'Hara in it, like I was like, oh, this is going, this is going to be a really fun, interesting movie, if nothing else. And it just fumbles everything about what it's trying to do. It centers the movie on the wrong people and learns the wrong lessons. It's really, it's a really um, strange, in my opinion, uh, way to go about telling this story. And it, it kind of messes up the whole movie. So pain hustlers will be my third nomination. Uh, Andrew, what about you? Well, I'm going to ruffle some feathers with this one. So get ready. <laughs> the killer. Oh, the killer. Yeah. I know that you absolutely love this movie now, Aaron, but there was it's a time when you didn't, <laughs> there was a time when you didn't, I think if you and listen I'm to still- that episode, you will hear me struggling with realizing some things about that movie. I think if you listen to that episode, you'll you'll hear me discovering that movie. Hmm. Yeah. I found it to be pedantic and overall 
lacking in any kind of thorough or like through line of a plot. Like I, I couldn't follow Fassbender. I get what the movie's trying to do with like him not being as good as he thinks he is. You know, I th- right. I'm pretty sure that's what the movie's trying to say. Like he's not as yeah. good as he thinks he is. I think that's the point. Yes. If that's the point, then I think that the movie is a huge letdown. <laughs> Fair <laughs> There's enough. also not much more beyond that. That's kind of the thing. Yeah. Yeah. For me, at least. Yep. Uh, yeah. As uh, Andrew mentioned, I have uh, that movie has grown in my estimation over time. Uh, I would like to revisit it at some point, but I have no problem with it in this category. Um, let's see. Aaron, what is your final nomination? Oh, boy. Uh you guys pulling your audibles. You really like, like, I feel like there's two movies on my list <laughs> that like should have been mentioned by now. And I don't know how to pick which one we officially need to get. Uh, well, that's, that's the game. You can mention them both, but you do have to pick one. <sighs> Only one gets to be All nominated. Right. So I, I think I've, I think I've kind of gotten worried. Like my first thought was Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Okay. Um, but like, I know Robert like didn't expect much for that movie because no. he hasn't, but, but that made your top five anticipated dicer mm-hmm. but sure I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm gonna officially pick chicken run dawn of the nugget mm. what a terrible choice no i'm just <laughs> okay. kidding i'm just kidding <laughs> it's, it's like, like, like quality comparison to the first movie which admittedly i think i'm a little bit lower on than most people but like i found nothing to like in dawn of the nugget like it was totally fine and it's got its ardman charm sometimes and mm-hmm. like i would say especially for big fans of the original like skip this one because zachary levi is a completely different character like obviously a different voice but nothing resembling rocky from the first one um and uh i just yeah i don't i don't have anything really good to say about chicken nugget chicken yeah, nugget, I, nugget. uh i chicken i <laughs> I actually, I actually don't mind it in this category uh, because uh, I am one of those who have like Chicken Run in my top hundred movies of all time. Like mm-hmm. I, it's, it's such a phenomenal movie, and so like it's going to be a letdown. I would even say Dawn of the Nugget was a letdown for me as well. I was expecting more out of it, but I still really liked it. Like I think, I think it does a good job, in my opinion, of disposing of a lot of the 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 uh, initial things that a lot of movies feel like they have to do like the movie basically goes you know what you're getting let's go ahead and get into it and then once you're into it i, I have a lot of fun with it but um but yeah it's I, I think it's a a letdown i can go with that uh all right so here are the 12 nominees for biggest letdown the four of us will now have to agree on the winner uh, and before we get into the nominees, previous winners of this category include mm. Thor Love and Thunder last year uh, as the biggest letdown. Uh, the Card Counter the year before that uh, was the biggest letdown. Such a bad movie. Uh, Brightburn in 2019 uh, won this category as the big, biggest letdown. And the other one I wanted to mention was Downsizing uh, won oh, this yeah, category wow. in 2017. Uh, so there you go. Uh, and let's see, here are the nominees, leave the world behind cocaine bear next goal wins the flash foe wish 65 Luther, the fallen son, Indiana Jones and the dial of destiny pain hustlers, the killer and chicken run dawn of the nuggets. 
Uh, the goal here is for us to agree on something. Now, I know there were a couple of these that we both had as possible nominees. Uh, Robert, you and I both had Foe as a possible mm-hmm. nominee. Um, what was the other crossover you had with somebody, Robert? Uh, cocaine Bear. Cocaine Bear. Um, I also had Indiana Jones on my list. Indiana Jones was a, was a crossover. So we can start thinking about those. If there are others you want to put into the mix as the official choice, uh, feel free to shout them out, and uh, and we'll just we'll figure this out. I also I didn't will say write that I have down. not seen Leave the World Behind. I was just gonna, I, I, so I didn't write it down because I knew Robert would mention it, but I agree with Leave the World Behind. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right, yeah, I think I like that movie too much to agree on on that one. Um, and Andrew, as as you as haven't as seen it, right? I haven't seen it. Yeah, if all three of you were like that movie was terrible and I expected a lot out of it, then I might relent. But um, but yeah. As soon as Andrew said Cocaine Bear, I was like, oh yeah, that's obvious. I uh, I um again didn't have it written down because I had other choices, but um, I would agree with Cocaine Bear. I think I like the movie less than even like Robert because I remember you being like, it's fine, it's it is what it is, and I'm like. I had an okay time with it, but I wanted it to be a lot more. (laughs) But the problem kind of is, it isn't what it is. That that is the problem of this movie is it isn't what it could have been. Like you know that it it doesn't go there. It It goes there like once, and like and you know the 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 rest of it is 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 like chopped to bits. Like there's stuff in this movie that doesn't make sense because you know they cut it up so weirdly. Um, I think it's Cocaine Bear, and uh, I think uh, I think we all can be in agreement on that. Yeah. All right. I'm fine the, with that. The 2023 official biggest letdown of the year is Cocaine Bear. All right. Let's move on to biggest surprise of the year. What is that movie that you went in with low expectations but had a pretty good time with? Uh, we'll start the nominations with uh, you, Andrew. What is your first nomination for biggest surprise of the year? Just because the first movie, and this isn't the sequel, but the first movie was so atrociously bad, I had very low expectations. But Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves quickly rose to my top ten movies of the year, and I was utterly surprised by how funny it was. The character development in this movie is spectacular. I mean, uh, Michelle Rodriguez. Wait. It is not Michelle Rodriguez, is it? Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Shockingly good in this movie. Like she may be my favorite character in the movie. It's 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 great. Very charismatic film. Good choice. Good choice. Uh, Did love me the D and D movie. Uh, I will go next. I'm going to say Godzilla minus one. Absolutely came out of nowhere and blew me away. Um, I had it's difference between I guess having low expectations and no expectations. I didn't even know this movie existed, and all of a sudden uh, it was being amazing in front of my eyes. (laughs) And and then I'm like, Hey, Aaron, can we review the new Godzilla movie? And you're like, The what? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. Exactly. Uh, Robert, what is your first nomination for biggest surprise? All right. So this has been mean to death, uh, including on the Sif Up Writers Room podcast. But <laughs> this is genuinely a huge surprise for me. And it's Gran Turismo. Um, like the trailers, I saw it a thousand and one times and they were they looked just fine. Uh, I saw all the memes online, you know, for months before the movie even came out. And then like something happened in my life that I couldn't see it right when I wanted to. So I saw it a couple of weeks late. 
Then I went in. I had one of the best times at the movie movies I had all year. I think it's super fun. Uh, the the racing scenes are awesome. The characters are okay, but like I think everything else is done so well that I just had such a great time, and I would almost say that I loved the movie. Good pick. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good pick too. I think Gran Turismo is a surprisingly competent and uh, enjoyable film. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, you know, uh, somehow better than the uh, the Michael Mann racing film that uh, that came out this year. Yeah. Uh, so uh, so yeah, Gran Turismo is a decent pick. Uh, Aaron, what's your first nomination? Well, uh, given that three of my nominations were already knocked <laughs> off the board here. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have to I'll, dig for I'll nominees. Kick things off. Uh, no, I wrote down like twenty for this category because okay. I know, like that. Um, I, I know that there was that was going to happen. So there's a movie that came out that you're going to be like, Aaron, what are you thinking? And I didn't see it for the longest time because I had no interest. And then Robert was like, Hey, it's kind of enjoyable. So you know what? Movie that surprised me in a good way. I had a good time with Eighty for Brady. Like, <laughs> oh, I didn't get around to seeing this. <laughs> it's kind. Of, it's kind of really fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's a brisk, like ninety minute kind of Golden Girls esque. Yeah. Ro- yo. Sure. Like, good for you, Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that choice. I just haven't seen. I haven't seen the movie, so I, you know, I have no comment, but. I believe it. I believe it could be fun. My like, mom totally agrees with you, on, by the way. She Prime, loves that movie. Like, it's worth watching for free. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I should get it. I should get that on my list. Um, make sure I check that out. Uh, Andrew, what is your second nominee? This is a movie that I surprised me just because I didn't know anything about it. And that is Bottoms. Mm-hmm. Bottoms. Mm-hmm. Blew me away with how good it is. Like, I, it may besides D and D, it may be the funniest movie of the year. It did it win anything at the Critics Choice Awards? No, it was nominated for best comedy, but I can't convince enough of my fellow critics to actually uh, award a, a, a genre comedy of the award. I'm working oh, on it. I'm instead working of a on dramatic it. movie that has funny stuff in it. Yes, yes. My personal opinion is, if it could win best picture. You know, then let's let's go ahead and give something else in the genre that can elevate the genre of uh, the award. It's the one award I t- I don't just vote for best movie. Uh, I actually do uh, vote for best comedy, uh, in my opinion. Yeah. So yeah. Anyhow. So yep, bottoms is my pick. Good choice. Good choice. My second nominee is Wonka. Um, I mm. thought this movie was going to be terrible. I really did. And it is not terrible. In fact, I really enjoyed it. Um, I had a good time with it and I thought Chalamet was, uh, surprisingly adept at playing a song and dance man. Uh, and I, I was not expecting that. So I had a really good time with Wonka. It is my second nominee. Robert, what about you? Uh, I'm going to go talk to me here. Um, I yeah. put off seeing this for a long time because, People said it was going to be really scary. Um, Aaron S. <laughs> told me that it wasn't going to be that scary. And I normally trust his horror opinions. And I went in and I was terrified. And that never happens <laughs> at movies. Sorry. So, uh, <laughs> still hold that against him. But okay. um, it's really good thematically. has really good characters. Obviously, like I said, has great scares. Um, yeah, it just kind of came out of nowhere for me. And it's stuck around with the top movies of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, talk to me. Um really stuck with me as well. And I think a lot of that has to do with the metaphor and the thematic Mm -hmm. stuff in it. Um, 
the yeah there's 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 some really interesting ways they play with that metaphor in that movie that um that i really plural like metaphors plural (laughs) Uh, sure sure that final scene is like one of the most horrifying things i've ever seen in my life mm -hmm. yeah it's the movie i've seen the most from last year oh interesting Hmm, oh i don't want to watch it again but (laughs) (laughs) me either technically i think i've seen it seven times wow Wow. I don't wow. think I've seen any movie from this year more than twice. So. Mm. Yeah, I don't usually year of release see them too much uh, unless it's La La Land and I just like watch it on repeat. Sure. Uh, but um, but yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's, so, Aaron, I think we're ready for your second nominee. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll throw out uh, a movie that came out on... Um, came to be because it was written. The, the article was written on the website and then Robert watched it and he's like, Hey, backing up this four and a half star review, uh, because to catch a killer is really good. Um, and it's on Hulu now, but it, it's like just under the radar. Never like kind of never heard of it. Expected nothing. Cause it's a Shailene Woodley, Ben Mendelsohn. I was like, Oh yeah, I'll know what I'm in for. And like, Oh yeah. You kind of know what you're in for. Like, it's not really going to throw you a curveball anywhere, but like, it's just really well done and really well, like shot and, um, uh, and performed is especially by, uh, Ben Mendelsohn and the, the killer. But, um, there's, uh, like just the scenes of terror depicted in this movie are actually like just really, really horrifying. Like, some of the scariest stuff. I, scarier than talk to me, in my opinion. Hmm. It's high praise. Uh, I haven't seen this one. So another one to put on my list to catch a killer uh, nominated for really biggest good. surprise. Uh, Andrew, your final nomination. Final nomination. Let's go with a movie I expected to be terrible and was surprisingly good. Quiz Lady. Mm-hmm. 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 I think that the chemistry between Aquafina. And uh, please forgive me, uh, Sandra O oh is perfection. It really is perfection. I mean, I totally 100% would believe that these two are siblings just by the uh, the dynamic between them and the dichotomy between them, how so different they are from each other. Um, yeah, the movie is absolutely hilarious, and it features a Will Ferrell performance that... Yeah maybe his best performance. <laughs> I mean, he's not in the movie that much, but he has such a uh, Alex Trebek slash uh, Mr. Rogers-ness about him that it's just so wholesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely I think he's it. great in this movie. I'm typically not a huge Will Ferrell fan, um, although he was the only person at the awards I actually got a selfie with because my wife loves <laughs> Elf so much. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but I, and I do love him in Elf. Uh, but I think he's great in Quiz Lady, and I think that's the kind of role I want to see him in. I think he's terrible in Barbie. I think he's the worst part of that movie. Um, oh, no. <laughs> I love him in Barbie. Do you really? Yeah, I really do. Uh, I think he breaks the movie. Um, but uh, but yeah, it is uh, it is it is definitely good to see him in this you know kind of role. So yeah, I think Quiz Lady is a good choice. He does remind me of Matrix Resurrections in Barbie, so maybe that's why I love him, and you guys don't. <laughs> 
Fair. That's fair. Uh, all right. My final nominee for biggest surprise is Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. Um, was not expecting a ton out of this. Uh, Rachel McAdams is incredible in it. And uh, everybody is, actually. Everybody in this movie is so good. The movie is so heartfelt, so beautiful. Um, I really, really loved this movie. was not expecting a Judy Bloom uh, adaptation to uh, be this amazing, but it really is. Um, so that is my uh, final nominee. Uh, Robert, your final nominee. My final nominee is somewhat of a softer endorsement, but that's Hunger Games, Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Um, sure. Went in with no expectations. I, you know, I've seen the third and fourth Hunger Games movies one time each, just never really super got into it. Um, but I was like really, really loving this one up until they leave the games. Um, and after that, I really soured on it. Um, but I think everything before they leave is just like really excellent, really great. Um, it's interesting to see the behind the scenes workings of the Hunger Games themselves and why they're done and like with the rationale behind the people doing them. Um, that's all really interesting and isn't really done in the original four movies. Um, so for that alone, I thought it exceeded my expectations. I agree. I, I really like uh, Songbirds and Snakes. I I was worried and, and therefore had some low expectations that it was going to be uh, Fear the Walking Dead, where it's like the promise of, of what the thing is doesn't live up to mm-hmm. you know what you were expecting. Like I expected that show to be like origins of the walking dead and it basically just turned into the walking dead within three episodes. Um, and this is like, no, it's legit the origins of the hunger games. And it feels like you're really getting a sense for the world building here and, and the society and why it is the way it is. Um, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it and I'm excited to see kind of where they go, uh, mm-hmm. from there. So yeah, that's a good choice. Aaron, what's your final nominee? Is it possible to nominate a movie? I haven't seen. <laughs> Listen, a movie that you can, let, you can make whatever noises come out of your mouth that you want to make come out of your mouth. Like, you can say whatever words right, you want right. to say. It's your choice. Here's, here's, I, I would expect some ridicule, possibly, if you nominate a movie you have You can ridicule seen, me. But. You can veto me. You guys can do what you want. But it, biggest surprise of the year is Sound of Freedom and its box office run, right? Like, mm. when are we going to get the documentary about that? Like... I want the dumb money of Sound of Freedom, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have seen Sound of Freedom, and I know Andrew has seen uh, Sound of Freedom. I think it might, Andrew would probably qualify it for uh, Biggest Surprise. It didn't really live up to it for me. Um, I have no interest in the movie, but I just, like, I it, see it's, it. a, it's a surprise, right? Like, nobody yeah. mentioned it in the Summer Sums game, and it made, what, how many, like, 490 or so? I don't know that it, it like I don't know that it fits like the um the the, the heart of the category really okay. right like the all heart right, the heart right. of the category is like movie movie you had low expectations for but that was great that's right fair. like that's that's, that's kind fair. of the heart of the category okay. but I understand I like what you're that saying you're thinking out of the box yeah, okay yeah. well uh we'll we'll let that slide um then I'll mention um no hard feelings yeah that's uh, a good choice because I had no expectations for it. And um, the first like two thirds of that movie is really funny and really good. And it just loses its legs when it wants to stop being a comedy. But. <laughs> yeah. As, as is want to happen sometimes. 
Uh, all right, there you go. Those are the nominees for Biggest Surprise. I will list them off for you. Uh, before we do that, some previous winners. Uh, last year, you remember last year's winner was Top Gun Maverick. Uh, was mm-hmm. the biggest surprise uh, of the year. Barb and Star has won this. Uh, mm-hmm. Palm Springs. Ready or Not uh, was oh, yeah. uh, one that was chosen for this category. And then back in 2017, Get Out uh, won this category for biggest <laughs> surprise of the year, which seems funny now because yeah. it's so widely considered to be one of the greatest movies ever made. But that year, I don't think anybody was expecting Jordan Peele to make one of the greatest movies ever made. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there are some of the previous winners of that category. Here are the nominees this year. Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves, Godzilla Minus One, Gran Turismo, 80 for Brady, Bottoms, Wonka, Talk to Me, To Catch a Killer, Quiz Lady, Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret, Hunger Games, Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, and No Hard Feelings. Where's our crossover here? I think it's between two. I think so as well. I think it's between Godzilla Minus One and Talk to Me. I was going to say Godzilla Minus One and Dungeons and Dragons. I think that that's where... It sounded like that's where everybody's headspace was when those got mentioned. Everybody was like, "Oh yeah, yeah that that's." What about you, Rob? I would easily go uh, Godzilla. I don't want to spoil it, but we'll be talking about that for me again later, um, towards the end of these got episodes. It. So, hey, that's a sweep. Then I th- I think it's Godzilla minus one. I think that uh, fits this category yeah. really, really well. So the official Sif Pop biggest surprise of the year: Godzilla minus one. All right. The only reason I didn't have it on mine is because you know I'm a giant Godzilla fanboy and I just expected Mm -hmm. to love the movie regardless. Right. Right. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, okay, let's move into the two most difficult <laughs> categories to come to a consensus yeah. on uh-huh. because they are defined by their non-consensus. So <laughs> you, we, we are picking the things that we believe everybody else loved, but we didn't, or everybody else hated, but we loved. And because of that, it probably means the other three people love the thing we're going to pick or hate the thing we're going to pick. Uh, so let's yeah. start with overrated or the thing that uh i just didn't get the thing that we just didn't get um let's see who hasn't started i don't think i've started yet uh so i will kick us off and i will say uh i'm just gonna throw this one out there because um because i'm just i'm ready for the hate uh i i think uh sisu is completely overrated i do not understand this movie 
why everybody loves it so much. Um, I well, I should I should restate. I do understand why everybody loves it that, that much, but the reasons they love it don't make it a great movie. Uh, it's it's just not fun for me to watch. So I'm going to put Aaron. Uh, I 100 agree with you. Really? I wow. thought you loved Sisu. That's no, a, I think it's a, pretty overrated. Um, there's the, nothing. Part, there's. Go ahead. I'll say there's narratively nothing to the film at all. Yeah. So so the the other part of this is also how much everybody else loves something can can factor into it a well. And Sisu is definitely one I just heard people chirping about a lot. And uh and so yeah, that is my first nominee. I was like just thinking like I don't think it was very highly rated. I mean, sitting at like a 3.3 on Letterboxd, I guess that's like pretty good. And sure, I guess overrated. It's fine. Yeah. It's yeah. I'm with, I'm with okay. Dicer on this one because whenever I mention this movie or I hear somebody else uh-huh. mention it, somebody will always go, oh, Sisu is great, man. And I didn't mean to do a bro voice there that just came out. <laughs> yes, yes, That's you not did. saying that only bros <laughs> can appreciate Sisu. It is a bro-ish movie, though, that machismo... Uh, tougher than I'll get over the top violent kind of movie mm-hmm. yeah uh, Robert what's your first nomination for movie that you just didn't get alright uh, mine is just all like very hot takes um, <laughs> I'm going to start with yep. Blackberry and I don't know if I've seen anyone oh, else say they didn't like it wow. um, I love Blackberry I, exactly because I think this one <laughs> and another one I'll mention later uh, are just the bones without the meat of a mm-hmm type of successful movie that uh, we've seen in the past. So this is the bones mm. of the social network and I don't get any of the meat of it. Um, I, I will admit it's very entertaining to watch, but by the end mm. it just left me very emotionally and like, you know, intellectually slash thematically cold. Interesting. I agree with your reasoning, but not I can with your disdain for the movie. Yeah. I can see your reasoning. I guess I took more from it. I guess I, I really, I really liked what, I felt it had to say about the idea of um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for uh, pride and um, you know, avarice and those kind of things. And the, uh, the, the comeuppance in, in the movie I thought was, was really good and had something to say about, you know, what happens when you let that stuff, you know, blind you, but you I know. just didn't get any of the foundations of uh, what's his name, the main character, uh, I'm blanking out his name, but I didn't get Dennis. any. Of, yeah, the I, I didn't get any of the foundations of his characters or reasoning for being prideful or anything like that. It's just like all of a sudden he is, and I don't know mm-hmm. why. Mm-hmm. Sure, no, I, I I can understand that. Uh, Blackberry is Robert's first nomination. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron, what is your first nominee? Um, I I'm gonna lose all my reputation in this category. <laughs> this, this we all are. That's what this category is no, for. No, except I, I know what you're about to say. <laughs> I think uh, you'll know what I'll, what I'll say second, but I'll say talk to me. Uh, it, it's just okay. not for me. Mm. It was a movie. Not for me. Oh, um, maybe it was shame. like my context. I had a friend that was hyping this movie up for months and telling me like, it's supposed to be the scariest movie. And I was like, okay. And I saw it with a mobile week. I'm like, it's okay. It's fine. It's, I don't know that I want to see it again. It's, it's not hereditary, you know? Um, no, cause it's good. Yeah. It's better. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Shots fired. Oh boy. <laughs> Aaron on Aaron violence over here. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. Yeah. Okay. No, it's. Oh. 
I think I understand what you're saying. In fact, uh, I, I've heard that from other friends about talk to me is, and I think, it, I think f- my perspective is that it boils down to going into it with an expectation of a scary movie. And I don't, I don't think this is meant to be I'll, a horror. Like I, I, I think there's, this is meant to be more than that. It's meant to be different than that. Um, it's meant more to be the, get out than hereditary. I think this really falls into the movies. I wish I could see. I saw again before the fifties. This may be like mm. the best way to define this category for me. Like, yeah, maybe I just didn't get it the first time. Like, I'm certainly interested in giving talk to me another shot. Um, yeah. And probably will do, especially since Best Buy is Best Buy is just trying to get rid of their Blu-rays at this point. <laughs> yes, they are. Uh, all right, Mr. Ormsby, what is your first nominee for movie that you didn't get? That everybody else seemed to. Well, everybody else, you can calm down. You don't have to worry about everybody. You know, going. Oh, what were you thinking? <laughs> because I have the ultimate just wasn't for you movie that's going to make everybody else mad. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy Volume oh, what? 3. Oh. Yeah. See? See, the bar has been set. You guys don't have to worry about saying that's anything right. else that's going to top it. Taking the bullet. Yep. You're welcome. Nope. No, it just, I, I couldn't vibe with it, man. Yeah. I couldn't vibe with it. The um, I thought it was a visually a grosser movie than I was wanting it to be. Um, mm, mm-hmm. Uh. Not that's not only for the uh, uh, the animal cruelty thing that was going on, like to make rocket and everything like that. I'm talking about like there was a planet that they went to or a facility they went to that was a living organism that they had to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I knew exactly to. what you were talking about when you said gross. Yeah, yeah, like it it just didn't work for me. Now there are parts of the movie that are extraordinary. I think that the rocket story arc is great i think that that whole thing that they did with his backstory and his origin and the um i forget what his name is i think he's the architect or something like that but uh i think that that villain is very well thought out um but just overall the movie just from the level everybody else loved it i couldn't get to that level i understand makes sense uh, this is the cat. These are the categories where we all get to be wrong every time. So that's, that's <laughs> what that's, the parameter. Everyone you're <laughs> safe. <laughs> I, Aaron, I think Aaron has a bigger, a bigger one coming uh, by the looks on his face. So we'll see. Uh, I don't think mine are going to be, I'm not, I'm not going to drop any bombs, uh, with my other nominations simply because they're artsy films that probably not a lot of people have seen that, uh, people love. And I just go, I don't understand. And I'm going to start with passages. Um, this is a, a, a very artful movie that does some interesting things. I just found it inert and, uh, just difficult to maintain interest in um i think much of that has to do with uh how much i disliked the characters um and uh and and that's okay like it's okay for a movie to contain a lot of characters that have those human qualities but it the movie didn't seem to give me a way in to understand what i was you know what i'm learning from their personality types and their um their conundrums. So, uh, passages is, uh, is my next movie that I just didn't get. The main character is kind of just like, this guy sucks and look how he's a jerk to everyone. And then it's done. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Robert, for summing it up. I uh, like it a little bit more than you, but I definitely see where you're coming from. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Robert, what's your next uh, movie you didn't get? All right. In the same vein as uh, Blackberry being the social network light, um, Air is Moneyball light. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a, Oof, mm-hmm. I really like Air. Yep. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Right. Pun intended, it's airy to me. Uh, it's yes. very entertaining. It's uh, very funny, but it, uh, again, doesn't have that weight. It just has the bones. Um, whereas Moneyball, you're you know more invested in the father-daughter relationship and this guy keeping his job. Um, this feels like Nike propaganda <laughs> a lot of times. Um, and I, I understand, you know, uh, wanting to give credit to the, you know, grunt laborers who do the work. Um, but at the end of the day, it's still Nike, the billion, multi-billion dollar company. Um, That's it, it so gives interesting. You, yeah. The last thing I just want to say real quick is that like, it, I'm never invested in Matt Damon as a character. They're all just like vehicles to get the Nike shoe made. Um, he says like, he hasn't been home or whatever. He needs to get the money for this and that, but I don't, there, it doesn't show anyone else in his life. It's just him saying that. And it bugged me. Yeah. I think, I think what I'm, I'm willing to give you uh, because I'm just so gracious is that, uh, that making the sunny character feel like the main protagonist is kind of confusing in this movie because i think this movie is about dolores jordan i think this is a movie about the jordan family and about her strength and the speech that she gives towards the end of that movie mm-hmm. gives that movie all the weight it needs for me like there's there's this this thing the movie is doing about um how people uh take a stand uh, against big companies or at least in cooperation, but you know, getting theirs or whatever that, that is really interesting to me. And, and I mean, Viola Viola Davis can do no wrong. She's so incredible in that scene. But um, so that's where the movie finds its way for me. But, but what you're saying is correct. The Sonny uh, Vaccaro character is, is just a weird piece to build the movie uh, around, I think. Yeah. So. I get what you're saying, but then when it's literally Michael Jordan, like it kind of loses it also. <laughs> like it Fair. was just some some guy taking a stand, but then it's Michael Jordan. So yes, yeah, but it's not. It's Dolores Jordan, and there is a slight difference. Sure, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I see it. Uh, all right, uh, let's see. So I think we're Aaron. Are we to your second nominee? I think so yeah. All right. Uh, I think that Oppenheimer is, no, I'm kidding, uh, but <laughs> does it soften the blow when I say that my real pick is Killers of the Flower Moon? Oh, okay. I knew it. I knew it. Yeah. Um, I don't think it justifies its runtime. And while I think that the last scene of what Scorsese says he's trying to say in that scene, my rebuttal is that don't make the movie. Like if your whole point <laughs> is you shouldn't be making the movie, then don't make the movie. And I think the movie ultimately is better served if it's from the perspective of the indigenous people as opposed to the white people trying to kill them, which I guess is a step better from when it was initially proposed as supposed to be about the FB, the Jesse Plemons character. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I think the movie's good. It's going to get a Best Picture nominee, and that's fine with me. But I, it's like like I get the crafts there, and I'll you know the messaging is good. It's just um yeah this this to me is the is overrated not 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 for me but overrated Mm -hmm. okay all right i would agree that it doesn't deserve its (laughs) runtime what did you say andrew i was uh, saying that i agree with schweitzer that it does not deserve its runtime 
I, I actually think the movie could have been shorter too. I, I do think Scorsese, uh, this late stage Scorsese, is really taking advantage of of his ability to really live in his movies. I do not blame him for that, nor do I think it's necessarily a bad thing overall, um, because uh, there is something to be said for really finding that breathing. I mean, you look at all, his last three movies are all you know, over three and a half hours. Right. I mean, uh, silence yeah. was, I think over three and a half and, um, uh, the Irishman, I, I know was I don't, over three I don't and a half. Know that so. Silence was three and a half, but it was, I feel like it was two forty ish. Wall street and silence are like high two, low technology. threes. Yeah. 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 I was like, uh, they're Andrew, pretty close. Andrew will let us know how long silence was. I was almost sure it was at, at least three. What was it? Two forty five. Okay. So he's, he's, <clears throat> he's finding this space to, you know, make the movies he wants to make. And that's fine. <clears throat> the, you know, the difficulty is uh, you, you lose some of the power of tightening those things up. And, um, and I do think killers of the flower moon could have been a tighter film as far as who gets to tell what story. I think it's a valid conversation to have. And um, I am glad Steven Spielberg made his version of the color purple. Like, I think that's a, a valuable movie for the time. Um, I am glad now that we have a version of the color purple, uh, that, uh, is, is, you know, made by a person of color and that is important. Um, but it's, it's one of those things where I think, uh, at the end of the day, you can only do your best at what you want to do. And Scorsese wanted to tell this story. And I think he did it about the best way, uh, he could figure out how, how to do it. So, and I, I found the, the end to be pretty powerful. So, and there's um, value in auto critique too, like critiquing mm -hmm. what you're doing and especially the, the systems in place that only allow people like him to make movies like that right. for such a long time. Well, uh, a, a great example of this is, is Watchmen, the TV show, right? Like Damon Lindelof headed that mm -hmm. up, um, but he did so in a very purposeful way to tell a black story. Um, well, uh, you know, Core Jefferson, who wrote and directed his first movie, American Fiction, this year, phenomenal movie, basically did The Watchmen. Like, he was one of the go-to writers and directors uh, in that show. And, like, so you – like, I, I think there is a way for uh, places of, of privilege to – elevate right and hopefully that's uh what scorsese is doing here and um but yeah i think i think it's a valid conversation to have and to continue having uh as we grow as a culture um so yeah killers of the flower moon uh most overrated uh andrew what is your second nominee killers of the flower moon. <laughs> <laughs> it is the killer vindication <laughs> the killer it is the killer you have talked and a little bit. The reason bit. why I'm having this on my just wasn't for me is because I think that this movie, not just for you, Dicer, but I think this movie for a lot of people has grown if it wasn't already, you know, in their liked or loved category, that this movie is growing on a lot of people, but it's just not for me. All right. Uh, the Killer is the second nomination for Andrew. Okay. Final nominations for movie. I just didn't get it. Uh, I'm going with the taste of things. Um, I I think I talked in my ballot uh, episode a little bit about this movie. Um, this is, you know, the official selection for, uh, you know, best art house food porn <laughs> independent film uh, from France. Uh, it is uh, 
boring as all get out. I do not uh, like, look, if you like to watch people cook food, fine, that's fine. If you feel like you haven't seen enough movies that use food as a metaphor for sensuality, fine. Okay, fine. Uh, But like, it's just, it's very, very boring to me. And I don't see why everybody loves it. So that is the taste of things. Has anybody else here seen the taste of things? All right. All right. Well, I would recommend you don't bother, but that's just me. Uh, Robert, what what do you Man, have? I'm between three last ones, and mm-hmm. they're all going to hurt someone's feelings. Um, <laughs> well, mention as many as you're brave enough to mention. <laughs> I'm just going to say the one, my nominee, and I think I'm going to go with Maestro. Um, oh! And, <laughs> exactly. Oh, the room, baby. Really oh. bad. <laughs> Maestro, speak to it. That's the one that I think is most overrated out of the ones left. I get what people see in the filmmaking, um, but I don't get what people see in the emotion of it. Mm. Um, because I, because Bradley Cooper knows <laughs> how to look at Andrew's face right now. <laughs> Bradley Cooper knows how to make that a Mahler movie. scene broke me. <laughs> I'll, I'll say this. I, I'll say that's the one movie, the one scene that I felt it, you know? I'm I'm Team Robert on this one. My wife was in the room, and she's been in orchestras and and uh, mm-hmm. choirs her entire life. And she was like, "How can anyone even follow what he's conducting right now?" She had no idea how that was, going. <laughs> and that really colored my impression of that scene. I imagine that would. I imagine that would. Yeah, that's um, not what I've heard, by the way. Uh, that's but, fair. Yeah, but yeah, but no. As a whole, like the the filmmaking. Bradley Cooper knows how to make a movie, but it seems like a lot of the shots feel unmotivated. Um, except for like a couple here and there, like specifically there's one with people in a line as Felicia walks away and it stays mm-hmm. focused on her. Well, that That's really cool. Um, but yeah. it kind of just throws in the Felicia stuff at the end of her getting sick um, to me at least. And then after the whole movie of just showing him being just a jerk to her basically um, and not respecting their relationship. Um, it, it felt unfocused and I couldn't get on, mm. on its wavelength. Interesting. I think the movie is talking about her taking ownership of their relationship and the idea that because the movie is very clear, she knew what she was getting into. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah, yeah. Y- there, there is a way to say he, he, he was not respecting their relationship. Let me be very clear. I, I do believe that his, uh, his cavalierness, if nothing else was a disrespect to their relationship. However, the movie lays out a foundation of she says things like, I know what I'm getting into. I'm an adult. We're adults here. Like, I understand this. Um, so I think that that the the tug and pull of that, which, by the way, is the quote that the movie, you know, sets us up with is that tug and pull of where meaning is, where, you know, truth is um, that the, that's where art is, uh, is it's kind of the heart of the movie. So I didn't see it as him just being a jerk. I saw it as them figuring out what this partnership meant to them. It's also, he has that quote at the beginning, the one that stood out to me where he talks about the difference between a composer and a conductor Mm -hmm. and how you need a different type of person to be each one. And I was like, when, when he said that, I was like, Oh, that's really interesting. I'm going to keep an eye out for that. And then kind of like Aaron Blackberry, I just saw a lot of that and not a lot of why for, for that, um, thematic through line all right 
All right. Well, that's this is what the category's for. Mm-hmm. Uh, both yeah. Andrew and Aaron thought they had the biggest bomb to drop, and I think Robert just <laughs> dropped it. Uh, yeah. So, Aaron, what is your next uh, nominee for movie you just didn't get? Um, oh, man. It's, it's hard to call this movie <laughs> overrated, right? Like, here's the thing, though. I think that the Super Mario Brothers movie is a genuinely bad and unfunny movie. Okay. Like, and okay. so the fact that people like came away going, yeah, it's fine, or I liked it, or it's good for kids. Like, I think it's a genuinely bad and unfunny movie. And so I, I, I didn't even want to finish it. So, boom. There you go. Uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie is Aaron's final yeah. nominee. Uh, Andrew, what is your final nominee? Soft pitch here. Easy enough. Uh, punching down on somebody. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. <laughs> Uh, That's an interesting one to pick because I don't I didn't see a lot of love for this movie. Yeah, wasn't it kind of middling? Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It got bombed out of whatever festival it premiered at. Yeah. Oh. Well, maybe I just uh, am talking to the wrong people then. <laughs> I think you just it's cuz you hang out with me and I liked it. Um but uh but yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there are the nominees for uh, most quote-unquote overrated or the movie that we didn't get. Um, previous winners in this category are uh, Fall. Uh, that was last year's winner. Um, come on, come on. One, uh, one year. Robert shaking his head. Uh, as are many other people. Yeah. That is the point <laughs> of this. Uh, but you had to agree to it. Weren't you on that episode? Maybe you were on, on that episode. I was yeah. on Yes, yes. That was the situation. That was a tough one. Uh, By the way, also on this list, uh, Aaron will be glad to know, going back to 2018, Hereditary (laughs) was uh, voted the most overrated uh, movie that year. So... Uh, <laughs> there's there is a theme for a couple years there. It goes the killing of a sacred deer, hereditary, and the lighthouse. Mm. So it's like those weird, gross movies that art just, house, art horror, house films. horror films that people love that we just didn't get. Uh, all right, <laughs> uh, so let's talk about the nominees this year: Sisu, Blackberry, Talk to Me, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, Passages, Air, Killers of the Flower Moon, The Killer, The Taste of Things, Maestro, Super Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> Indiana Jones in the Dial of Destiny. Uh, at least two locks uh, for Best Picture nominations in our most overrated <laughs> category. Yeah. Uh, where do Super we want to land Pose. here, guys? Where's some crossover? What are you guys thinking? Sisu? I didn't see Sisu because I think this Sally saw in the Sisu by the seashore. <laughs> sorry, I didn't ahead. see it because I think I heard basically you guys talking about that you didn't like it and I just took it off my ever-growing watch list at the end of the year so maybe that's worth something (laughs) have you seen it yeah uh, it's fine but like i just don't know like again it sits at like a three point so you don't think it's well loved enough to really fit the heart of this category is what it's got a 6.99 imdb like i guess it's got a 94 rotten tomatoes like that's obnoxiously high for this Mm -hmm. but like Yes, I disagree with overrated. I get like, th- or or even like not not for you. That's fine. Like I I understand and even get that. But I don't I don't know if it's something like I'm you, kind of team Robert on air. Like where I'm like it's it's kind of missing that ump for me. And so it's a three star movie. Or again, like for me, Mario Brothers. Like the fact that that movie made a billion dollars at the box office is just dumb to me. Like um, 
I, I, the the killer is a, is another movie not for me. Um, and I even watched it after I think listening to this po- mm-hmm. the podcast episode. So like kind of knowing what the movie was intending for, I'm like, oh, I just don't think it landed. Um, okay. To me, so uh, to me, I I struggle with with Sisu because I don't I think it's kind of properly rated. I, I love except that. for Rotten Tomatoes. I, I think that's a valid perspective to bring to the table, uh, Robert. Do you but, have any I, but if that's the choice, I'm also like fine with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to calibrate my own thoughts on the killer because I think I'm kind of like you, Dicer, where it's got, gone up since I saw it, but. I haven't gotten the chance to revisit it mm-hmm. and I don't know how much more I'll get out of it because looking back, I do like that he's bad at his job, but I don't know how much more there is than that. Mm-hmm. I still had other problems with it. So that might be worth it. Um, I know my other picks aren't really going to be in the conversation, so I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, persuaded by the super Mario brothers uh, argument. Um, I, I don't know if we want to consider that. It really feels like it fits the, the category in a strong way in that it, it, it depends on what you mean by like, you know, movies that everybody got, but me, because you could talk about Rotten Tomato scores. You could, could talk about yep. critical acclaim, but you could also talk about just the general pop- populace, which I think is e- probably a more valid thing to kind of think of when we think of this category. Um, and I mean, like you said, it made a billion dollars and people loved that movie and it's just not, that good you know so like i like that pick um i i kind of feel i'm kind of persuaded by the the super mario brothers uh choice what do you what do you think robert my one small pushback against it i'm not going to argue for the movie but for the overrated part um i don't know i didn't see much discussion of it too late into the year and super mario is super mario like every kid in the entire world loves super mario so that kind of gets you the box office so i don't know if the box office is necessarily a accurate argument for the overratedness of it or, or it's highly or it's high rating. So, yeah. And it has a, I, fif- it has a 59% on rotten tomatoes. So it's yeah, not yeah. like the critics loved it either. What's the audience score? Uh, the audience score is 95%. And it's got a seven on IMDb 40, but 46 Metacritic score, you know? Like, right. So, it's clearly a drawn line between the critics yeah. and audience on this one. Yeah. Um, if we can't agree on anything else, it would probably be the best. Oh, I, li- I like Robert's like argument of like with, with kids films kind of asterisks the box office, but, but mm-hmm. like, especially like the amount of like spinoffs that they've announced about this movie. I'm like, I don't even want a sequel. Like, um, yeah, I'll go ahead and say it. Peaches, not the best. song. <laughs> Like I don't get the love for that song, and also, also not the best Peaches reference in a pop culture property this year. Uh, that would go to Blue Eye Samurai. So, um, so yeah, Good, which we are going to be talking about later. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So we it sounds like we've kind of tossed up Sisu, the Killer, and Mario Brothers, and those have I've gotten been, some like, strong consideration. Yes, I don't know if there's anything else to consider, but I mean, any of those three could be fine with me. Maestro, it's just really what we want to. <laughs> <laughs> this was the right only going to be that one, it, Robert. But <laughs> I know, I know. I, I, I think it hustle. just depends on what's what's the what's the what's the factor that you want to like most consider. Right, right. Yeah. Um, I'm leaning Super Mario, uh, and one of the main reasons is we've all seen it. 
which I sure. think is yeah. you know uh, helps uh, helps that out. Although we've all seen the killer too, right? Like all four of us have seen the killer. Yes. Um, I think I like it the most, so it would probably be up to me to relent on that one. Um, that's also one of those where I think critics and audience are divided on that one as well, right? Like, yeah, yeah, that's true. I don't remember what the audience score on the killer was, but significantly lower than critic score. I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, it's an 86, uh, a 61 audience score. So yeah, it's, it's kind of doesn't necessarily check both boxes either. Um, these are always the toughest ones. You could choose each one of those for a different, a different reason. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm going to throw super Mario brothers movie out there for this category. Uh, and just like you're sitting in an exit row on an airplane, I will need a verbal yes from everybody, uh, that you understand. Uh, Robert, Aaron. Yes. Andrew. Yeah. All right. Super Mario brothers movie is the official overrated movie of the year. Uh, let's move on to an equally difficult category, uh, the most underrated, the movie that you got that nobody else seemed to get. Uh, we will start the nominations with Aaron. Okay. Uh, what is your first nomination for movie that you got that nobody else did? I think I only have like one legitimate pick for this category because mm. um, I think most things were properly rated this year. Even mm. my underrated, I wasn't super strong on. And I'll pick Extraction 2. I think it's a, a way leaps and bounds better than the first one, which was just a forgettable, cool looking action movie with only memorable thing about it being like a seven minute one. I think Extraction 2 is the best shot action movie in a long time. Um, and sure, like the characters are as shallow as, you know, a, a kiddie pool. But like, I don't know what you were expecting, you know, <laughs> so like I watched it for the cool action. I think Sam Hargrave just really directs this movie uh, well. All right, uh, Extraction to the first nomination. Andrew, what about you? Bo is afraid. Hmm. <laughs> this movie was made for me. I mean, if you want to know what it's like to have bipolar disorder, <laughs> watch this movie. Because what he goes through is, like, scarily close to what it was like internally for me whenever I had my uh, manic uh, episode a couple years back and where I had to quit the show for a while. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah. What he's going through visually is different, but you can see tonally. I didn't see a giant penis monster attacking me whenever (laughs) I was going through my manicness. (laughs) But uh, close. No, I'm joking. Um, but no, this movie <laughs> it feels like it was made for me. All right, Bo is afraid in a movie that I got that others didn't. Uh, my first nominee in this is going to be Theater Camp. Um, I think this movie is very underrated. Uh, I love this movie a lot, a lot, a lot, and it just kind of came and went and didn't hear a lot of. Uh, love for theater camp. So that is my first nominee. Uh, Robert. Um, this is one that has fairly low scores and that, and not many people have seen it. I've harped on it a few different podcasts now, and that's called she came to me, um, which is a ridiculous rom-com starring Peter Dinklage Anne Hathaway and Marissa Tomei. Um, mm-hmm. 
<laughs> it, it's wild, but I kind of love it because uh, I don't want to spoil it because so many people haven't seen it, but it goes into so many different avenues that in any other movie you would take it very seriously. Um, but it doesn't really take it as seriously because it is more interested in being like a little bit of a heightened rom-com uh, that just says, hey, true love is a thing and we should all you know, love each other and, and explore what makes us happy. Um, yeah, I, I just need to harp on this movie, how great it is every time I get a chance because not many people have seen it and it's ridiculous and fun. I like this choice. I didn't love, love this movie, but I really like this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, I I like more where it ended than where it began. I think it takes a while to kind of get going. Um, but, um, but once you kind of know the characters and then I think the, the, the journey is really interesting. So, um, so yeah, I, I like that pick. That's a good pick. Uh, she came to me as Robert's pick. Uh, Aaron, what is your second nominee? Um, Again, like I, I think this movie is generally well liked, but I just think I love it more than everybody else. I'll go with Creed three. Um, I, I just I, again, I think Michael Jordan just really directs this movie well, and uh, uh, it's probably a step down from the original Creed, but it's leaps and bounds better than Creed two, and um, excellent performances by Michael B. Jordan and Jonathan Majors, and. Uh, Tessa Thompson as well. I I really dug this movie. It stayed in my top five for most of the year. All right. Creed 3 is the second nominee from Aaron. Andrew, what is your second nominee? I'm going to go with a movie that is underseen, I think, more than anything. Mm, okay. Um, Knock at the Cabin. I had this on mine, too. I think that this is a really good Shyamalan movie. I loved that this movie didn't really have a twist. Uh, I know Shyamalan is really known for his twists. Um, this one was just kind of a straight... Like, you didn't know until the very end what whether it was real or not. But at the same time, I don't consider that a twist. I think that's a narrative yeah. driving force yeah. more than anything. Because it's um, a twist if no, it happened or if it didn't happen. Like, exactly. So it's not really a twist if any outcome is acceptable. The twist exactly. would be if, you know, something completely different happened the night before yeah. this, that the world was going to end. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I think Dave Batista has given a really good performance in this. I think that the, it came out at the beginning of the year. So maybe it was just underseen or maybe just people forgot about it. But I think that it's a really good Shyamalan movie. I like this choice as well. Uh, Knock at the Cabin is, what, like 2.9 on Letterboxd? And I do think plenty of people saw this movie, and I do think plenty of people didn't like this movie. Um, So uh, it's hard to see through my Shyamalan bias sometimes. Uh, I Mm. tend to defend most of his stuff. Not all, uh, but most. (laughs) uh, What about The Last Airbender? Hey, we don't don't need to bring that up. We will have another one coming to us soon that we can... (laughs) either destroy or love. <laughs> um, so yeah, not that they have a cabin's a good choice. My second choice for movie I got that a lot of people didn't is very underseen. And I think that's the primary reason, but I'm going to go with the artifice girl here just to give it another shout out. Um, I, I really, really enjoyed this movie and uh, love everything it had to say. Love the way that it said it has some great performances in it. Uh, if you have a chance to check out the artifice girl, please check it out. Uh, Robert, what about you? Uh, I'm going to 
push back against an earlier pick and say next goal wins. Um, mm. Surprisingly, even to myself, because uh, I've not really enjoyed the Taika being the Marvel guy recently and Star Wars guy. Um, but this isn't as great as like some of his earlier movies before he officially came over to Hollywood. Um, but I think it's much better than it's gotten credit for. It is very fun. It has a great sense of humor. Um, even though Michael Fassbender starts off shaky, I think he eventually slides into the overall tone and feel of the movie. Um, it's not particularly deep. It's not innovative at all. Um, like it's just a solid three and a half star for me, but people really didn't like it. And I just had a, a very good time with it. Definitely fits this category. If you enjoyed it, uh, next goal wins. Uh, Aaron, what is your third and final nominee? Uh, yeah, going again towards the underseen uh, side of this, um, I'll re-mention To Catch a Killer. All right. Catch a Killer. Uh, Andrew, what about you? Final nomination, a movie that I thought everybody loved, and then it turned out that uh, apparently I was on an island. That's The Creator. Mm. Oh. Hated it. <laughs> Yeah, see, great choice thought, for this category, though. I thought that everybody loved this movie, which there are a bunch of people that do, but I, I guess the vast majority just kind of went by the wayside, and that's shocking because I think Gareth Edwards is such a phenomenal director. He proved you don't have to make a three hundred million dollar movie to make a visually impressive film. I mean. The guy he also proved talented. that nothing has to make sense to make a visually impressive film, too. So that's, <laughs> yeah. that's the... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, no, Savage. I'm sorry. I'll, t- I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, Zack Snyder proved that first. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so. My next pick is Rebel Moon. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, the creator fits this category very, very well. Uh, and, uh, glad you threw that out there, Andrew. My final is the teacher's lounge, um, which again, a lot of people haven't seen not near enough conversation on this movie, maybe the best conundrum movie of the year. Uh, if you don't know, uh, about the teacher's lounge, it's a, an international feature. Um, I forget which country this is from. Uh, let's see if I can look that up, but it is, um, it is one of those movies where you are with your protagonist as they try to make every right choice and every right choice they make makes things worse. And so it leaves you with one of these, uh, conundrums of, well, was the wrong choice the right choice then? Like, you know, how to, like, do the, are the ends the important thing? Are, you know, the choices we make along the way the important thing? Um, it is a really, really beautiful, uh, beautiful film. Um, and, uh, I think more people need to see it. I absolutely loved it. It's called The Teacher's Lounge. It's um, Germany's. Ger- official yes. Pick. Yes. This is Germany's official, uh, entry for the Oscars. Um, Okay, Robert, final nominee. Another, you know, soft endorsement, but I'm going to go with Napoleon, which was pretty middling to dislike to cross the board. Um, mm. That's another one visually very impressive, which you shouldn't be surprised by with Ridley Scott doing something, mm-hmm. you know, historical. Um, I think you don't really understand the characters very much. 
but at the same time, you get the very surface level, you know, this guy, <laughs> he started the Napoleon complex for a reason. And, and, and this is yeah. <laughs> a guy who, uh, yeah, he's just a little bit of a loser and he's petty. And that's kind of why he ruined Europe for a long time. Um, so there, it has that surface level idea along with just being, you know, the well-made historical war movie that Ridley Scott is an expert at. There you go. Uh, all right. We have our nominees for most underrated or movie I got that uh, others didn't. Uh, before we list them off, some previous winners. Uh, last year's winner was, anybody remember? Bullet Train. Bullet yeah. Train was last year's uh, winner for most underrated. Uh, uh, M. Night has made this category before. Old was a, a previous mm-hmm. winner for most underrated. Uh, Tenet was most underrated the year it came out. Um, and then uh, Bad Times at the El Royale uh, was one of my favorites that won this uh, this category back movie. in 2018. Uh, Only the Brave, another good one that a lot of people haven't seen that, that won this category too. So let's talk about it. Extraction 2, Bo is Afraid, Theater Camp, She Came to Me, Creed 3, Knock at the Cabin, The Artifice Girl, Next Goal Wins, To Catch a Killer, The Creator, The Teacher's Lounge, or Napoleon um, felt like there was a pretty clear winner here, but I want to hear it from uh, from you guys as well if you felt the same way. So, uh, what are some of your thoughts about where the consensus might lie? If your thought was would, the creator, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> My thought was not the creator. Okay, I I'm, I don't hate it, but I didn't love it. Yeah, no. Is it I would just say that yeah, if we're going underrated over underseen, I think it's definitely knock at the cabin. Yeah. And I like that for this category because we've all seen it. It's a film a lot of people have seen. It's, you know, it low uh low rating lower rating on Letterbox, you know, lower rating on Rotten Tomatoes and yet I think uh at least enough of us would agree it's actually a pretty good movie. Um yeah. some of us would say it's a great movie uh that it belongs in this category. So, congratulations M Knight just owning the underrated category the last few years. Uh Knock at the Cabin is the official Sift Pop underrated movie of the year. All right. That brings us finally to the best television of the year. We're each going to, uh, we're done with the nominations. We're just listing our top five. We will go around Robin from number five to number one and maybe give a few shout outs, uh, at the end, but, uh, let's get to it. Um, Robert, kick us off. What is your number five television show of the year? All right, so this is going to be a very Robert Core list because this is, you know, if you know me or you know what I like, that's you could probably predict the list. Starting with number five, I think you should leave with Tim Robinson. Um, I nice. only got into the show this year. Like, I, I caught up when I just saw all the people, everyone posting stuff from the new season. I was like, all right, I got to watch this. Um, there were like eight all-timer sketches for me. The phone sketch, the zip line, the pig um the the egg game the drive-through the jason uh-huh. Schwartzman don't talk about your kids one like there were so many sketches that i love and i've already incorporated into my everyday references that again my wife is just more than tired of hearing them. so um <laughs> yeah i i love this show and it's obviously it's not much deeper that's why it's only number five but number five out of 13 is still great that is a great choice um that show captures the comedy zeitgeist better than than any show uh, yeah. that I see. Like SNL, I still watch SNL. It's fun. It has its occasional great moments. Um, the uh, the George Washington uh, sketch, maybe one of the greatest sketches of the year. Uh, but uh, 
but the Nate Bargatze one, I should say. Um, yeah. but that, but Tim Robinson, <laughs> yeah. I love that one. you asked me about temperature. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I do watch SNL, but SNL feels like it's not the zeitgeist, but Tim, but Tim, uh, is it Robinson? Is that what it is? Yeah. I think yeah. you should leave. That's zeitgeist stuff. Like every single sketch is just like, it's easily memed. People just remember it. Like it feels like modern comedy. Um, and uh, it's got just enough cringe level to it to, you know, have that factor to it. Like it's, it's really interesting. So that's a great choice. Uh, Aaron, mm -hmm. what is your number five? Oh, and by the way, we are playing Trump rules. So if oh, you do okay. hear something you have oh, higher, cool. um, we will do that. Uh, I have the last of us at number five. Mm, very, Trump. very nice. Oh, did somebody say Trump? Sorry. Yeah. Trump! Oh, there we go. Okay. Thank you, Andrew. I don't know why you waited so long to say it. Uh, Andrew, uh, what is your number five? Demon Slayer. Ooh. Yes, I have animes on my list, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, I think Demon Slayer, this is not a hot take, by the way is the most visually impressive anime ever made. Um, absolutely loved it. The, uh, the sword village arc was fascinating. I still liked the, uh, uh, the second season the most. The second season is one of the greatest seasons of any show ever. Um, yeah, just visually impressive, great characters. If you haven't checked it out, highly, highly recommend it. All right. Demon Slayer. Um, okay. My uh, number five is Welcome to Wrexham. Um, I mm. love this show. Uh, it has not only turned me into a football fan uh, as a fan of, uh, of Wrexham, but it is the show that I think when it's on, I'm most like, oh, I can't wait to see the, the the next episode. Like, I'm so excited to see, like, how that team is doing. The way they've tied it into the community is just perfect. It's mm -hmm. just an understanding that it's not, like, it can't only be about the sports. It has to be about something bigger. And the way they consistently make it about something bigger and more interesting um, is really, really cool. And the fact that the story, it reminds me of uh, King of Kong, if you remember that documentary, where as they're following the story, it just gets more interesting and more interesting and more interesting. They've got, I don't want to say lucky necessarily, but they, they've been very fortunate that the story has been really, really interesting these first few years on what's happening with yeah. the team and how they're doing. And now I follow both during the season live. And so now my experience is like, okay, how are they going to show this next season? Like how, you know, um, so it's, it's, it's interesting in that way like if you want to be spoiled uh you can be as far as like how the team is doing um literally planning to go see a Wrexham game when we're in the area uh in the fall nice. so um get myself a scarf you know what i mean like it's like who would have known but yeah. the show has done that to me so that's that's my number five uh is welcome to Wrexham. so good stuff um and it helps that you know Ryan Reynolds and uh, Rob McElhenney are really fun to hang out with. Uh, that that definitely helps a lot. Uh, Robert, when you what said is your the King of Kong thing earlier. I was afraid that you were going to say, "Oh no, is Ryan Reynolds or Rob McElhenney going to turn into a villain halfway through?" And we're going <laughs> to they're going to put on a big tuned. giant wig mullet. Stay tuned, uh, Robert. What is your number four? My number four is Barry. Um, Trump that. Okay, yeah. Trump. All right, Aaron. What is your number four? 
what we do in the shadows. Oh, nice. Speak on it. Cool. Uh, it's it's been two seasons since I've believed that the show has been better than the movie. And while the show, I think is, I think it had its heyday in like season two. Uh, it's still really good. It's still really consistently funny. It's, it's kind of like you mentioned, like the, the characters are just really fun to hang out with, you know, and uh, obviously I don't really want to hang out with them because I'll die pretty quickly, <laughs> but uh, um, <laughs> for one way or another. But um, I just I love hanging out with uh, with the vampire gang in New York. And I think they um, they managed to do some things um, like some little things that are always really funny and managed to keep some like long story arcs. And um, but but at the same time, like I'm, I'm happy that like the next season, season is going to be the last. Like, I think yeah. it's like it's it, it feels like that's where we're headed. It feel, it's like the show is feeling like it's wrapping up and I like that, but it's, um, it's, it's close to overstaying. It's welcome. Well, there you go. Very good choice. Uh, Andrew, what is your number four? This is where I have the last of us. Ah, Oops. speak on it. Yes. Uh, uh, just as good, if not better than the game, uh, just because we get so much more character development in the show than as opposed to in the game. Game I was is, like, David Fincher's oh. the game? Like, what are, what are, why are you comparing? <laughs> yeah, I, I was yeah. so confused there for a second. Yeah, That's how got, out um, of video games I am. Like, it literally took me that long to remember that The Last of Us was a game first. Like, Don't you remember that episode of The Last of Us with Michael Douglas? <laughs> yes, yeah, it was really good. <laughs> no, uh, the show is phenomenal. Uh, Pedro Pascal is charismatic as all get. Um, and the episode Long Long Time is probably the best episode of TV this year. Uh, Aaron, you had it at number five. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, um, talk, talk a little bit. I think the game is super overrated, um, but uh, that's because most people consider it the best game of all time and it's fine. Mm. Um, I think the show is really good. And um, yeah, I think that the Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey are kind of really great as these characters. And, the story, I, I think the thing about the show that I really love about it is that it takes the story in the world of the game and builds upon them. As mentioned, Bill and Frank are kind of a footnote in the original game. And to get their whole episode yeah. that is excellent um, is just really great uh, and inspired. The show does do some like emotional manipulation, but like, you know, a- anything that wants to pull up the heartstrings, like that's just kind of their go to at this point. Consider me manipulated. Yeah. <laughs> It's good TV. It's good TV. Uh, all right. My number four uh, is another reality show. No, not all five will be reality shows. I promise. <laughs> but a majority of them will be. Uh, my number four is Survivor, uh, which continues to be incredible television. Um, I, I'm blown away by how this show continues to just cast such interesting people and put them in interesting situations. And just an incredible two seasons of Survivor in, in uh, 2023. Uh, enjoyed both of them very, very much. Um, so it is my number four. Uh, Robert, what is your number three? The Curse. Um, Ooh, the, talk about it. Nathan Fielder, Emma Stone, Benny Safdie. Uh, it's everything that you would expect from a mix between a Safdie brother and Nathan Fielder with, you know, the reality TV, the off-kilter reality TV that kind of makes you uncomfortable with just everything going wrong from a Safety Brothers movie and uh, you probably not liking any of the characters very much at all. Um, 
the ending, the, the, the season finale, I don't want to spoil it whatsoever because it's, it's something. Um, so <laughs> it's I, a swing turns yeah. into a Michelle Gondry film yep. uh, somehow. Yep. Don't want to really don't want to spoil it for anyone if you haven't seen it. So uh, I think it works. Uh, I've stewed on it for a week now. Um, we're going to talk about another Emma Stone performance later, I'm sure. But I think this is her best performance ever. The way that she is able to be such a garbage person um, <laughs> in, in a naturalistic setting is just beyond anything that I've ever seen. And I'm not like surprised that she did it, but it's just still amazed that she is able to pull it off. Um, not much happens throughout the show, but for some reason I just couldn't wait every week to watch it. Uh, I, I love Nathan Fielder and it's just everything that I would have wanted. I'm so glad uh, you had it on your list. It didn't make mine. I am still, still stewing in this show's finale. Um, and uh, this is, this is you know, the, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, uh, the TV show. And it is, it is a road to hell. But are uh, they good intentions? It, that's exactly what the show is making you ask. And it's like... Um, there, there's a really interesting thing we do as humans where we don't realize how involved our ego is in our uh, wanting to be a good person, mm-hmm. right? So, so being a good person means doing these things or, or saying this thing or not doing these things and not saying these things. And we don't realize it's our ego that's driving that, not necessarily the intent to be a a partner or a help to somebody else in the world. Um, so yeah, this, I think this show is, is kind of brilliant. So I'm glad, uh, glad you brought it up for sure. I am stewing on the finale meaning still, but I will say that it hundred percent got me emotionally. Like my anxiety was up and I felt it too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a wild finale. Mm-hmm. It is a wild finale. Uh, all right. Uh, Aaron, what is your number three? I have shrinking here. I love this pick. Yeah. Um, Shrinking is the first time that Harrison Ford has cared in 20 years. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. And it kind of just really works. Uh, Like he, because he kind of gets to play, you know, his like grumpy self. But um, I think the writing is really clever. It's, of course, a Bill Lawrence show. uh, And Scrubs is my favorite comedy of all time. So, like, of course, it's going to work. It packs some emotional moments. I think its messaging is really solid and it introduces some of my new favorite characters to hang out with. I, uh, um yeah i just i really love shrinking very nice good choice good choice uh andrew what is your number three attack on titan gonna be the last of the animes on my list it uh i i'm gonna be one of the people who said yeah i was there whenever attack on titan was you know a thing i was there I got when to live titan in was time. attacked yep I was there, I was alive when Attack on Titan was streaming, and you had to wait a week in between each episode, and this was the final season, they wrapped everything up. Uh, Only Japan would have the fecundity to be able to make a show like this. It's totally out of this world, it's it's otherworldly, even though it takes place on our planet. (laughs) It's a great show, definitely check it out. Uh, all right. That is Attack on Titan. Uh, now my number three is Billions. Final season of Billions. Um, I think this is one of the most underrated TV shows to ever exist. I 
I think it's brilliant. I think the writing is incredible. Um, you have to have a certain level of um, pop culture endurance to watch this show because in much the same way like Sorkin will treat the characters as, you know, n- like nothing they say a, a human being would have the the wit or cleverness to say, you know, in the moment. Yeah. Uh, everybody on this show has the exact correct sports or pop culture reference to go with every single situation. And it just slays me every single time. And I love living with these characters. Uh, there's an elevated reality to the show that I really, really enjoy. Plus, Paul Giamatti is Paul Giamatti. And I'm glad people are remembering that this year uh, with the holdovers. He's so incredible in this show. And um, I just these I think six seasons is what it ended up being. I think they're worth uh, a watch if you've never checked out Billions to to uh, go kind of put it on and see if it doesn't suck you in. Um because I just think it's it's really great stuff. So uh, Billions uh, is my number three. Um, Robert, you are number two. How To with John Wilson is my number two. Mm-hmm. Um, I have loved every single season of this show. And um, I just happened to watch the series finale on my birthday. Um, and there's something very touching about the final line of the series. I don't, I guess I'm not going to say it, but like that really touched me at my core. Um, because the show at its core is about humanity and the shared humanness that everyone has, no matter how weird or wacky or out there you may seem. Um, he, John Wilson has this ability to, I don't know, put himself into these situations, uh, as such a timid guy, um, and platform these people who are just trying to get by in their own way. Um, there are so many different types of people that, that he shows. And even when he leaves New York, it, he just finds just like the most interesting types of people. And it really makes you think about what it means to be human, what it means to experience uh, life on earth as we all just try to get through it. And yeah, I love it. Yeah. And it goes meta in a really interesting way in the final season too, which uh, I appreciated the effort there. Um, So yeah, good choice. I'll see with John Wilson. Uh, Your number two, Aaron. Uh, Barry. Nice. Nice. A um, little bit of a slow start, but I think that just like where it gets to with the finale is, uh, it, it's just incredible. Um, one of my favorite series finales of all time. And it, 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 in a way that like I watched it with a group of friends and we were like, all right, let's sit down. We got to like talk about how insane that was, especially like when you consider how far the show has come since its first episode. Uh, of the series which was a straight up comedy um with a slight bit of drama and now it's a super dark drama with a lot of dark comedy not a lot of like haha moments and uh and just kind of seeing like where the show has gone from there and uh it, it's just I, I i think bill Hader is giving his absolute best behind it in front of the camera henry winkler is been one of my favorite performances the last couple of years he's is everything about the show just works for me well, uh, take a take a drink of your mocktail because uh, I'm about to drop a name. But uh, Hater was at the table next to me at the awards this year, and I I got to have like a five minute conversation with him on Barry, uh, and it was a surreal experience to just talk to him about some. Just of the- like watching season four. <laughs> yes, just <laughs> like watching season four. So uh, so yeah, it was. Uh, 
it was really, really cool. And it was like, he was one of those. I, I love it when they do this. Um, I, I actually wasn't the one. There were two of us talking to him and the other guy was like, hey, can I take a selfie? And, and he did the thing where it's like, look, here's the, here's the thing. If we take a selfie, the mob comes. So mm-hmm. like, it's just like, I need to kind of get sitted down and situated. So, you know, he was so gracious about it. And I, I love that. I love, I love giving people in the limelight the right to be graciously, to turn those things down graciously. And, um, and he, he, he absolutely did that. So that was really cool. Um, but yeah, Barry is a, is a great choice in at number two. Uh, Andrew, what is your number two? It's going to get trumped. So get ready with the button, Aaron. <laughs> The bear. Trump. All right. Uh, Trumping yourself. (laughs) (laughs) He has the bear at number two and number one. You know, what are you going to do? My number two, nobody's going to Trump. Maybe in the universe. Uh, I fell in love with a new reality show this year called The Traders, and it is my number two show of the year. Um, New season just dropping, by the way. Uh, Just started. Uh, on Peacock, um, this this brings together so many things I love about reality television, including many members of reality television casts that I've enjoyed watching in the past. And the first season uh, has Sarif Fields on it. I won't tell you how it all ends. I will tell you that she's on it for the entirety of the season. Um, and not only her, but other amazing players from Survivor and Big Brother uh, in different reality shows. The first season also had um, just people who had never been cast in reality TV before in their life that were on it as well. So it had some famous people in, or some famous reality stars and then um, just the normies. Uh, season two is all reality stars, and I'm not sure how I feel exactly about that. I'm liking the season so far. Um, just an incredible line of amazing strategic players. But the basic idea is that game, uh, I don't know if you've, how you've played it. Some people play it called Mafia. Some people play it called uh, Murder. Werewolf. Some people call it Werewolf. The idea that every night somebody gets murdered and then the villagers try to figure out who the murderers are during the day. Uh, this is that game in reality show format. And it's done really, really well. Um, and it's really cool. So uh, The Traders is on Peacock. It is my number two show of the year. How is Alan Cumming as the host? The best. He is so good. Um, he This takes place, they, they shoot it in Scotland. Um, and he basically is the lord of the castle. And he just plays the role so perfectly. Um, so yeah, he's, he's a great host as well. Uh, all right. Time for our number ones. Uh, no more trumping available. Uh, Robert, what is your number one show of the year? No surprise at succession, uh, which actually has the best episodes of the entire year. Uh, <laughs> Connor's wedding is one of the best episodes I've seen. The that election is a good episode. episode is one yeah. of the best episodes I've seen. Uh, the final episode is I, you know, that, this is one of those shows that, you could have a thousand theories of how it's going to end. And uh, it, the finale somehow lived up to all of those potential theories and potential, you know, ending points. Um, It's one of my favorite shows ever. Like it, I don't really know how to succinctly tell you how much I loved it. All the, all the performances are great. Jeremy Strong, Kieran Culkin, Matthew McFadden, Sarah Sarah Snook, so many more. Um, It ends thematically exactly when it needs to, you know, showing that, Humanity in these people is the reason why our system is broken. Um, and it still always manages to be hilarious and entertaining. Uh, yeah, it, that's about all I can say without just going down the hour long rabbit hole. <laughs> Succession is Robert's number one show of the year. Uh, I do not begrudge that pick. 
Uh, it is certainly in my honorable mentions. Uh, Aaron, what is your number one of the year? I have the bear. As do I. Let's talk about it. You first. Uh, tell us about uh, your love for the bear. Um, I had the first, um, I watched both seasons this summer and, um, kind of also in between two different restaurant jobs. And, um, (laughs) uh, so like the, there, there's a scene in season one where the ticket is just going and going and going. And like, it just gives me anxiety. Um, cause like uh, we've all, like we, those that have worked in food service, like we've been Mm -hmm. in that situation. Um, and, uh. And somehow what I thought was a perfect season one is just amplified to a perfect season two. Uh, as mentioned, I think before we started recording, I think Forks is the best episode of the year for TV. Um, the fact that they took Richie and made him such a scumbag from the first season and made me be like, I really want this guy to succeed in season two should like be all that there needs to be said about like the way that they treat their characters here. Because I thought Richie was the biggest scumbag and hated him so much and now he's just like oh what's richie up to now and um yeah it it just uh just really intense really really great uh work all around the board i agree i second everything uh aaron said um yeah it's it's a a phenomenal phenomenal undertaking that they made me care about uh fancy food um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is this is everything the taste of things thought it was, uh, but is so much better because there's so much character work going on here with each of the individual parts of 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 what's going on. Um, so many different moments where you're, it just feels so human. Actually, um, what's the is it spoons? Is that the one before forks? Uh, no, the, fishes, which is fishes, the best episode. Fishes, fishes, fishes. Yes, you guys are wrong. <laughs> is that the Christmas one? Yeah. 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 No, yeah. I stick with forks. Yeah, I stick with forks too. In fact, what I was going to say, I think a lot of people uh, would say fishes. Fishes may be the weakest episode for me. Like it's it's and it's a great episode of TV, but like <laughs> but but fishes does some things where it's like um it 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 feel it feels it's work a little harder than the other episodes because there are so many new characters that were having to understand so quickly that I don't think it succeeds as well as the overall picture of all these characters. I mean, it's quite a impressive it's, group of people they brought in. Yeah. Um, it's greatest but, strength is also its greatest weakness. Right. Because mm-hmm. like, I'm not like, I'm distracted that it's Jamie Lee Curtis and John Mulaney and right. Sarah Paulson, you know, like um, it's Jacobs, cool. They got Burthel. all those people. Yeah. yeah it's, but it's just, but it's just like, oh, like Burnthal like, works because we've gotten a lot with Burnthal, Burnthal yeah. before. Um, but the, the rest of them, uh, it's a little more difficult. Uh, but even even in that, it succeeds. But I think it succeeds better even in the other stuff. The Bear is an incredible show uh, and is my number one as well. Andrew, I guess that just leaves your number one then. Yep. Uh, you're all wrong. <laughs> you're all fools because the correct answer is Blue Eye Samurai. I don't begrudge that pick. Uh yeah, I've with with all of these other shows that I've mentioned, you know, Demon Slayer, Attack on Titan, The Bear, even The Last of Us. I've seen shows kind of like them before, or I've seen movies kind of like them. I've never seen anything like Blue Eye Samurai. That's fair. This mm. mo- this show, I almost called it a movie. This show is vibrant, it's beautiful, it's horrifying. Um, the main character Misu 
is one of my all-time favorite protagonists for a uh, show. She she does female empowerment and like strong female character right because she's motivated, she's dedicated, she's smart, she's strong, uh, but she's flawed. She is so hell-bent on revenge that it blinds her to everything else around her. This show is easily my top five of the year, and it wasn't, it was gonna be before even the uh, episode with uh, the Onrio, which was the, have you, have you all seen Blue Eye Samurai, by the way? No. No? Okay. You're missing out. Um, I'll just say episode five. Uh, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> As if I had anything to do with it. Uh, I will tell you, um, and, and I don't think we're going to change. I don't think we're going to change anything. I don't think we're going to give spoiler warning or anything because I think, f- for the most part, we're far enough uh, away from this show that most people know the protagonist is female. But I was glad I didn't know uh, because it's kind of a reveal at the end of the first episode. Um, that is that it though? <laughs> it, it is. It's definitely written that way. Whether it works or not, it it's, it's written that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I was—I mean, I had my suspicions the entire time. So that's another reason I'm not too, you know, uh, scared mm. of that being like a big spoiler or whatever. But the way it's written, that first episode, the the gender reveal at the end is really, really powerful, and I was glad to experience uh, not knowing. Yes, again, the the peaches reference. Um, but it's, uh, beyond even that the show does such a great job at understanding, um, narrative momentum, uh, understanding, uh, how action should be worked into, uh, the emotional beats of a show. Um, yeah, it's, it's really well done. Uh, I totally understand why it would be your number one, uh, show of the year. So there you go. Those are our shows. Before we pick our official Sif Pop TV show of the year, uh, I will throw out a few more nominees. And you you guys are not nominees, but a few other honorable mentions. You guys are free uh, to mention other shows you like as well. Um, the uh, most recent season of Fargo is phenomenal um, and has some things to say about uh, abuse that I, I don't think I've ever seen portrayed so um, clearly and powerfully, uh, for all mankind continues to be, uh, just absolutely crazy fun, um, about the space race. Uh, highly recommend that just caught up on slow horses. That's a pretty amazing show. New season of Futurama was really good. Like how Futurama is just still amazing. Futurama. Like that's really cool. Um, still don't think enough people saw Mrs. Davis. I thought that was really amazing. Um, poker face, not enough people talking about poker face. Uh, I think that's an amazing show as well. Um, and then, uh, the other, only other one I wanted to, to mention was jury duty, which I think we've mentioned before. Um, but, uh, but yeah, just an absolute fun, uh, show that is now on prime. Uh, and that's a fun experience. Did you guys have any other shows you wanted to give a shout out to? Yeah. Beef. Yeah. Beef is really good as well. So good. Um, is the best. I just want to say that the biggest travesty of the year was winning time being canceled so unceremoniously <laughs> and uh the biggest like to me like the most underappreciated show on tv right now is righteous gemstones ah that's a yeah that's a good shout out for sure and um, elementary also finished its season at the beginning of the year and that one i also really love yes good choice good choice all good shows uh previous winners of this category last year barry won sif pop tv show of the year uh, the year before that, Ted Lasso won TV show of the year. And the year before that, The Watchmen uh, won TV show of the year. 
Um, I think there's a pretty clear one that was on at least three yeah. of the lists. Uh, are we? <laughs> no, no, it wasn't Succession. The bear would be my number six. I'll say that. Okay. All right. Well, so. there we go then. Uh, barring any argument, uh, I think we can call it the official Sif Pop TV show of 2023 is The Bear. And there you go. That will wrap up part one of the Sifties. Thank you so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at Studio DNA Media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out today. Thank you, buddy. Big thanks to Aaron Schweitzer for being with us today and Ooh. Robert. Uh, Aaron, you go first. Where are some uh, places you want to point people uh, to what's going on in the Sif Pop world or in your own world? Uh, just the Sif Pop Writers Room podcast uh, where you get to hear from all the writers uh, for the website. Um, come talk about lots of different things. Uh, Robert, what about you? Thanks for coming on. What are some, where are yeah. some uh, places uh, you want people to find you? Well, of course, SifPop.com, uh, which is as you know as lively as ever with all of our writers going and, and publishing reviews in the sifties uh for the site um also one twice a month actually on the sift pop writers room feed um and my own podcast i started with a fellow sift pop writer foster called also see uh we talk about lesser known movies from well-known directors and actors which is just a way to fill in the gaps of filmographies that i do anyway so i figured why not you know change that into a podcast very very cool i highly recommend also see and the sif pop writers room podcast add that to your feed um lots of fun conversation going on in those places uh also big thanks to producer phil for producing the audio and video show thanks phil and much love to our sif pop members for supporting you can go to patreon.com slash sif pop to check all of that out uh, we really, really do appreciate you guys. Support support starts at three bucks a month, uh, and you get access to um, lots of fun stuff there at the Patreon. Again, that's patreon.com slash siftpop. Lots of ways to connect with us. Feel free to leave a comment, a rating, or a review at Apple Podcasts uh, or Spotify or wherever you listen. Uh, there's an email, feedback at siftpop.com if you want to use that. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like it, too. So let them know about the show and that listening is much easier than keeping up with one billion hours of television. <laughs> we'll be back yep. next week with part two of The Sifties, where we get more into the performances and the best movies of the year. And we will see you then. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.